Hey folks, Dirk Bentley here. If you've seen one of my concerts, you know I'm all about energy. Performing, recording, traveling, being a husband and a father, it's a busy life, and I need to be 100% every day. So when my battery starts running low, I grab a sugar-free, vitamin-packed, five-hour energy shot. It tastes great, and it gets me back to 100% fast. Try it. It could work for your busy life, too. For more information, visit 5hourenergy.com. Blog Talk Radio. Lucid's Trust, a non-profit, non-political, and non-sectarian organization on the roster of the Economic and Social Council of the United Nations, and concerned with the establishment of world cooperation and goodwill, presents Inner Sight with your host, Robert Anderson. He, with Sarah and Dale McKechnie, President and Vice President of Lucis Trust, will discuss philosophical and spiritual topics essential to everyday life. Now here's your host, Robert Anderson. Welcome. Inner sight is simply seeing that which is always present, but not yet fully recognized. You have, within you, the ability to see yourself and the world around you in a new way with new eyes. So, stay with us, and together we'll look at the world and ourselves with inner sight. Our topic for today, the power of speech and silence. And before we explore this topic, I'd like to say a few words about Alice Bailey, founder of the Lucis Trust, and Lucis Trust sponsors this show. Alice Bailey wrote 24 books of esoteric philosophy, and those 24 books are the main inspiration for the dialogue that you hear on this show. The following thought is also from the works of Alice Bailey. The purpose of all speech is to clothe thought, and thus make our thoughts available for others. Speech reveals, and right speech can unite, just as wrong speech can divide. Doesn't it seem that people are talking more and more? I mean, Mm -hmm. there's there's much more communication through cell phones, internet, Mm -hmm. and so on. And also, is this good or not? (laughs) I don't know. I suppose each of us would answer that question differently if we are the proud owners of cell phones and stay in touch with our family and friends throughout the day we probably think it's wonderful and um, then there are those who wonder why people have so much empty meaningless conversation judging harshly without having the right to uh, but you can't help but overhear sometimes and wondering why they don't take some time to just sit silently and think a thought in any case Speech is a resource, as is silence, that I think every individual has to learn to manage. It's something that we need complete freedom to uh, come to terms with, and each of us is doing it in our own way. But these programs on Inner Sight always try to view a subject from the viewpoint of spiritual energy, and so that's where we're, we're going to focus today. 
The title of the program, as you said, is The Power of Speech and Silence. I don't know how many of us think of speech, of talk, of conversation, and of silence as conveying power or being channels for power, but they are. And when we think about it, the Bible opens the book of Genesis with, um, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. And without that Word, nothing was said that was something or other. I'm losing my quote. Do you have it, Dale? In the beginning yes, was the uh, Word. Um, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. There we are. So um, It all comes down to the Word, which <clears throat> is, in Greek, logos. And it's, it's really talking about sound. Mm-hmm. Sound is the original... Um, the original force that was set in motion by the great uh, logos of this planet and it is what is the basis for all creation all manifestation is a product of of speech or or of sound of some kind did you ever hear or is this just a fable that there's this theory probably a cockamamie theory but it's a theory I heard years ago that the pyramids were put in place through sound I, I've heard that. I mean, it's through... Don't, please don't call us and ask <laughs> us how they did that, because we don't know. Well, it's through... I think Vibration. The theory was through uh, levitation, the moving those huge, big stones. But levitation <clears throat> caused by sound? Used by the use of sound. I mean, mm-hmm. that's... Uh, in, in the books of Alice Bailey, it mentions how in the future, and perhaps even today, as some people are know the secrets, but in the future that uh, sound will be used in ways that are not used today. I mean, we just use sound now through speech or through music or like that, but... uh, They use it for healing. (coughs) Um, Sound is used to break up kidney stones, I know. Mm -hmm. Well, measure uh, the size and shape mm -hmm. and development of a baby. There is a way of of using sound uh, to... uh, effect a levitation of heavy objects hmm. and once one knows the secret of how to do that then that will change the way um, well buildings are built and uh, so it, it's uh, and also I, I've heard that sound will be used in the future by firemen oh. you, they will use sound yes. to control fire uh, this seems way out of bounds and Again, oh. don't call us up and ask <laughs> us how they do that, please. But don't it, it has to do with the controlling of the deva uh, evolution, which has to do with the uh, the uh, little elementals of fire. So, uh, if you want to get into that, then that's a whole another thing. But you've already touched <clears throat> on the the theme of this program this morning, which is that um, sound is a, a, a means of constructing of building. Mm -hmm. Maybe we're not building the pyramids, but we're building our own heaven or hell. You can be sure of it through the way we use speech and the way we respond in silence. We are constructing our world as we know it through the way we speak and don't speak. Yes, because it's it's, uh, it can sound whether it's in speech or through music can be is a very constructive elements, a very constructive force, or it can be a destructive force, too, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if the, it depends on the intent behind the sound, 
course, and that's uh, if there is the intent is to to hate or to spread the uh, sound of hate, then uh, that's can be done too. But can also our speech is also a means of uh, producing the flow of love mm-hmm. between two people. The, the energy of goodwill, of building right human relations, and there it's a building force. It builds right human relations. And so that is a very constructive use of sound. I don't think, though, that you're you're referring to just those nice, uh, sweet words of personal um, affection and, um, oh, your hair looks so lovely today, and I just love that color on you and that kind of mm. blah, blah, blah. Are you? No, I mean, that's, that's all well and good, but uh, <clears throat> there it's is uh, a, an orator that has organized his thoughts, that has organized his and prepared his speech uh, and can speak with great authority and deliver the, the words with great meaning and can convey a lot of meaning to people. And this is, uh, as it points out in, in the books, this is exactly the way, although on a human level, that the uh, that God wor- works. In the beginning was the Word, and He, God, constructs His ideas of, of how He wants to create this world, and uh, he, he sets in motion the sounds that will produce those uh, those ideas in manifestation, and that's exactly what a great uh, speaker does who can organize his thoughts, bring them together, and speak authoritatively. I don't think probably most of us realize that there is magical power in the way we use speech. And by magical power, I'm not referring to the magicians who have sleight-of-hand maneuvers and uh, cut off arms and legs that are magically restored, not that kind of showmanship but the magic of the soul, which is um, called white magic in the ageless wisdom, and which brings in the power and the energy of the soul in unexpected ways. Speech can do this, and I think that's what you're implying. Can you think of a time when some situation or some person was in a great deal of distress or pain or confusion, perhaps yourself, and can you recall someone finding the right words to dispel that pain and confusion? I think most of us could think of certain situations where just the right word, usually very few words, came to mind and someone was able to speak them. It has a liberating influence, not because the other person has liberated the suffering individual, but because I think the one who finds the right words liberates some power, some spiritual strength within the person who needs to hear those words, if you follow me. It sets free some hidden realization within the person who's struggling because all of our problems have to be solved by ourselves. They can't be solved by anybody else because there are problems. Other people have to solve their problems. But sometimes we can give people a a key through the right words that unleash some recognition 
in their soul. Right, I think that's, and that usually that comes with, with, with wisdom. Uh, the, the wise person knows what to say and doesn't waste a lot of words in saying it. He, he's able to speak more wisely and more directly to the point and uh, knows just exactly what, what to say in, within a given situation. And I, I'm reminded of uh, Lincoln's Gettysburg Address. Um. Good example. And uh, how few words he spoke with such eloquence. Uh, after listening to, was it Douglas spoke at the same ceremony for about an hour. <laughs> <laughs> and first. <laughs> and nobody remembers what he said. It was a hot but, day, too. <laughs> but, uh, you know, then Lincoln gets up and speaks these few words, which you can write on one side of a paper on an envelope. And um, he felt he had failed. Yeah, and but it was a great, great speech, and so it doesn't take the amount of words; it's the wisdom behind the words that uh, really matter. Someone, some wise person, as you say, unknown to me, said something about speech that really registered with me, and I love to share it with others when I can. They said that there are three keys or three guidelines to when one should speak in those times when you're not really sure you should say anything or you're not sure what you should say. Ask yourself, this person said, is it true? Is it kind? Is it necessary? And generally, by the time you've gotten through those three questions, you've ruled out the um, right to speak. Not always, but quite often, uh, one or one or more of those will cancel out that which was on the very tip of your tongue. And I think this is a good exercise in training us to anticipate the effect of our words, because truth, kindness, and uh, necessity are what we hope will guide our speech and what we hope will guide the words others speak to us. I think there's probably not anyone among us who hasn't suffered from speech that has wounded us and perhaps worse, hasn't suffered from speech that we have spoken that has wounded others. It's part of being human and it's part of learning to control our energy and to manage our forces. So much um, pain comes through it, but I think that's because there's a lot of power. It's not just a, a, a pastime. It's a way of wielding force. For those people who just tuned in, you're listening to Inner Sight. Our topic for today, the power of speech and silence. We have a special offer from Lucis Publishing Company, and that's the Alice Bailey book, Ponder on This. Ponder on This is a compilation of extracts from all 24 books by Alice Bailey, including many on speech. The Alice Bailey material is uh, wonderful. There's so much um, depth to it, and it's so interesting. But I think uh, probably before you get started on other volumes, it's probably a good idea to get Ponder on this. This is a wonderful time to get it because of the discount. And I like that. It's one of the books that I started off with because Ponder on this, uh, all the themes within it are abridged from the larger versions. But you do get the essence of the larger books in this book, this compilation uh, entitled Ponder on This. So it's a good way to start. It's available for $19. The discount comes in the form of free shipping if you mention Inner Sight. Just mention that you heard about the offer on Inner Sight. 
So what you need to do, if you'd like to take advantage of this offer, is send a check or money order to Lucis Publishing. Lucis is L-U-C-I-S. Lucis Publishing, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. Once again, the title of this Alice Valley book is Ponder on This. And the address, once again, $19 to Lucis Publishing, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. All of our InnerSight programs can be heard on our website at www.lucistrust.org. On the homepage, you'll find a link to today's program, which will be available for hearing in a day or two. Last week's program is already available, and many of our past programs can also be heard. Once again, www.lucistrust.org. The theme of each week's program is posted in advance <coughs> on our website also so that you can see in advance what next Sunday's program will be. If you need to get in contact with us for any reason, give us a call on our toll-free number, which is 1-866-695-8247. That's 1-866-695-8247. Easy way to remember it is 1-866-NY-LUCIS. Think of 1-866-NEW-YORK-LUCIS, LUCIS, L-U-C-I-S. Uh, once again, website, www.lucistrust.org. Sarah Dale, I was uh, looking over the title, The Power of Speech and Silence. I've never thought of silence as having a power. Can mm -hmm. either of you respond to... I mean, we have to address yes. both sides of yes. the uh, equation here. They go together. Um, that's true. So where, is their where is their power in silence? Well, I think we have quite uh, a lot of interesting examples in the movies, especially the westerns. You know, mm -hmm. the strong, silent hero, the type played by Gary Cooper and Clint Eastwood there. Yeah. Paragons mm -hmm. of the power, <coughs> power of silence. I suppose it's the retention of speech, the resistance to babbling, mm -hmm. that gives them the aura of strength, even though there might not be a thought in their heads. <laughs> they may be silent because <laughs> they simply the haven't a clue what to say. Yeah. They're just trying to think of their next line. That's what. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, how many how many times has a woman said, uh, "I liked them until he opened his mouth." And then <laughs> yes. Yes. And then the illusion was dispelled. Right. Well, those uh, among us who tend to talk too much know well how you dispel the the aura of. Um, either beauty, strength, or depth of intelligence or whatever. It's all dispelled when you start talking yeah. because then you reveal who you really are. Somebody, oh, I think it was Ben Johnson, the playwright, who said, language most shows a man. Speak that I may see thee. Mm. When you talk, you reveal what's going on in your soul, in your mind, in your personality. It all comes out. And so if we think of our speech as revealing the quality of our our substance, that should uh, cause us to be a little more cautious. Right, and those, just the opposite of that, there are those that uh, are never quiet, that uh, talk incessantly, and they have so much energy, apparently, that they just have to, have to keep rattling off words. Mm -hmm. And uh, you, you get a very strong impression for those kind of people too. I mean, mm -hmm. they're, how they're misusing that energy and 
depleting their own energy, I think, by his incessant uh, talking. And I think that's what, um, <clears throat> with all due respect to cell phones, I think that's what, the, there is a tendency there too to waste a lot of energy. Do you think that the the plethora of conversation that's going on today mm-hmm. on the internet and um, on the cell phones and in chat rooms and on the television and so on is a sign of a overstimulation that we've got too much agitation in our mental and emotional bodies? Well, yeah, I mean it's it's we've all we've had telephones for for a hundred years, but um, it's only since the uh, cell phone has come on the markets that um, you know things have been so chaotic. But uh, so um, it's it's just one of those phenomenons that people uh, have to learn to control. I think. Yes, and I think the present times are uh, a period in which we we are humanity learning to manage energy in um, very challenging ways. Maybe we shouldn't be too hard on ourselves, and we certainly shouldn't be too judgmental of those who are incessantly expressing themselves. Um, It's what they are learning from it that counts. And uh, the more we become aware that we are distributing force and hopefully now and then bringing through soul energy, the more we'll learn to manage this uh, potential. It's a very stimulating time. Just so, I think we need to cultivate more silence. Yes, that's um, actually one of the things that once a person takes his life in in hand and, say, steps on the path of return, which is just what they call it, uh, then this um, the silence is very very important because as one approaches you know he, he undergoes the disciplines of discipleship let's say and silence becomes ever increasingly important mm-hmm. if he wants to ever proceed you know through the various initiations that because the deeper one goes in the initiation experience the less he will have to, unless he will talk. And uh, in fact, the silence of the ashram, as they say, is is a uh, is a must. And it's one that a rule that cannot be disobeyed. Yes, uh, <coughs> Pythagoras in ancient Crotona in Greece and other spiritual teachers often. Um, uh, had a requirement for those young uh, aspirants who came to study with them that they must submit to, I think in Pythagoras's case, two years of silence. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. As they were, yeah, think about it, everybody. Two years of silence before they could uh, be given the privilege of speaking. And uh, there was a reason for that. It isn't just that they had nothing to say that was of interest. It wasn't that but it was that he wanted them to learn to conserve their energy and to direct, I think, to direct the focus of their consciousness inward. There are certain things on the inner levels that you cannot hear until you have achieved quiet on the outer levels. And that is harder and harder today, not only uh, with one's own speech patterns, but just the world we live in is full of noise. 
And so that's the challenge of our times, to cultivate this inner silence regardless of what's going on around one. Yeah, that's that's a real challenge. And uh, as I said, uh, that as one begins to step on the path and, and apply the uh, the disciplines of the path, then <clears throat> this silence becomes ever more and more important. Because and you're listening on a different level. You're learning yeah, to. Yeah, and, and if you incorporate a, uh, a practice of meditation in your life, uh, then you've got to find a, a time and a place in your day where you can have a quiet time, a quiet meditation, a half hour or so, 30 minutes a day, uh, where you can sit and not be disturbed. And this is a, um, a rare thing today to find mm. this time. Unfortunately, one of the um, things that works against the cultivation of silence is that too often our, those closest to us see silence as withdrawal, withdrawal from them. And that isn't necessarily the case. I've often heard people um, uh, con- condemn, criticize uh, older married couples who sit in each other's presence without speaking. Mm. Well, I'm joining that crowd because <laughs> <laughs> after you've been married for a very long time, you don't necessarily need to say a great deal. Don't interpret it as boredom, uh, their boredom with each other or their lack of anything interesting. They're simply <clears throat> at peace with each other and at peace with themselves. Think of when you're with a new, per- <clears throat> a new person in your life. Then you feel most compelled to talk. Yeah, you feel, you feel almost a, mm-hmm. a need to talk. It's, yes, uh, to keep the conversation yeah, But when, you, when you're really comfortable with someone, uh, you talk when you want to. Mm-hmm. There's no anxiety about having to talk. Yeah. But in, in the future, they say, uh, we will become more telepathic, and that will eventually reduce the amount of outward speech that uh, we all engage in. And uh, the whole, when you, the whole society becomes more telepathic, there will be silence will, you know, envelop the land, and that will be a <laughs> great thing. Hard to imagine. Hard to imagine. <laughs> yeah. But uh, what will yeah. we do? And you won't need. You can leave your cell phone at home. Yeah. Know. What kind of a radio show will we do then? Well, yes, we will be uh, bringing an end to our yeah. enterprise. <laughs> Generate thought to the audience. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, maybe we'll do that through the radio lines. But um, maybe we should close. And I think we have to continue this discussion. It seems like there's so much more to be said. But there's a thought from Alice Bailey that's interesting. She said, the, the disciple who seeks to enter within the portals of initiation cannot do so until he's learned the power of speech and the power of silence until a man comprehends the significance of the spoken word and until he uses the silence of the high places to bring about the desired effects, he can't be admitted into those realms wherein every sound and every word produces powerful results in matter. That gives us a forecast of what lies ahead and why the mastery of right speech and right silence is really an important uh, aspect of spiritual development anybody who's undertaken spiritual training knows so much of it comes out in the way we use words the written word the spoken word there's a great deal that um, it can teach us if we learn to listen to ourselves it can be a little painful but it's a way to learn 
Please take advantage of the special offer from Luce's Publishing Company, and that's the Alice Bailey book, Ponder on This. Ponder on This is a compilation of extracts from all 24 books by Alice Bailey, including many on speech. It's available for $19. The discount comes in the form of free shipping if you mention that you heard about the offer on Inner Sight, which is this show. So what you need to do to take advantage of this offer is to send a check or a money order, $19, to Lucis Publishing, Lucis, L-U-C-I-S, Lucis Publishing, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. That's Lucis Publishing, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. You've been listening to Inner Sight. Now we would like to close with a world prayer called The Great Invocation. It's a call for light and love and goodwill to flow into the world and into our hearts. Let's listen for a moment to these powerful words. From the point of light within the mind of God, Let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills. The purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. is blowing hot air, let O'Reilly Auto Parts help bring back the cool this summer. While you may need to eventually service your AC unit, get immediate relief with Interdynamics Arctic Freeze R134A refrigerant with leak sealer for $32.99. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supply. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Amazon has everything for back to school. Zebra lunchbox? Check. Cool Adidas gear like t-shirts, shoes, and backpacks? Check. Triceratops folders and pencils? Check. Lasercat t-shirts? Check. Get your back to school shopping done now at Amazon.com slash back to school and enjoy free shipping on millions of items. No need to leave your home or hassle with crowds. Amazon.com. No better place to get everything back to school from A to Z.